All right. Hello. Welcome to the Monarch Ministries podcast. It's episode three, and we are bringing you the next choir member um, on our group. Today we have Mr. Benjamin. <clears throat> um, he goes by the name of Pasta. He's my uh, number two guy, and he's been a huge help throughout the time we've been here. He's one of the very uh, first members, um, joined just a little bit after after Michael did. And then, uh, you know, throughout the whole time that he's been here, he's been very uh, helpful to me, and you know, honestly, without him, there there wouldn't be Monarch Ministries as we have it today. He's the one who really, you know, set things up and 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 helps me with um, a lot of the more technical things and, and and organizing things. And his opinion on a lot of things is is invaluable, and I'm very grateful to have him on the team. And um, <coughs> he he's just been a, a great blessing to the group. So, hello, Benjamin. How are you doing today? I'm good, Captain. Um... Well, thank you for that very nice introduction. Uh, very nice of you. Honestly, I couldn't have done this without you, as, as is clear. Good to see you. You too. So, um, I want to hop right in now. You um, on the group are always a big, um, you know, you're, you're always talking about uh, fitness. You, you talk about that other server you're in where, um, you know, you, you do workouts and things, and, and you're, you're very um, careful about maintaining the... Uh, physical fitness that that you have. Do you think um, that that's a biblical mandate for us? That it's important for us as Christians to maintain healthy and um, strong bodies. Uh, certainly, I think um, you know Christ gave us these bodies upon creation. We were created in God's image. And, um, so you think God was jacked? <laughs> when you think of God, I mean, you're not going to think of like some obese tyrant sitting up in heaven. You think of a a well in shape, um, a leader of mankind. Let's let's say, right? And I mean, we were given these bodies to do something with it. And the best way that you can do something with your body is to, um, you know, be active, be in good shape. Um, and, and when you read the scripture and how men, uh, especially, are called to be uh, the head of the household and um, just under God and above their families, um, how how are you going to be respected if you're if you're not in at least somewhat decent shape? All right. So, um, and I, I agree with you one hundred percent. I think it's very important to um, take care of yourself. You know, the um, Peter wasn't you know some some fat dude while he's out there fishing. Um, mm -hmm. One thing that I wanted to bring up, one of our first Bible studies that we did in here was the book of Daniel. And, um, or we did, I think we did um, the first half of the book of Daniel. And yeah. one of the things that we kept discussing and talking about over the first um, few lessons there were how Daniel's character and how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's character were very becoming of a man. And um, part of that, um, it, it does describe them physically when... Um, Daniel refuses to eat the the meat that was offered to um, Babylonian idols and, and instead takes pulse and water um, to eat for 10 days. And he appeared, or he comes to appear more, um, you know, physically fit above the, the king. And we talked mm -hmm. about how his character contributes to that. Um, what do you think that, that story has to do? What do you think that the example set forth by Daniel has to do with this subject of maintaining a strong body? Um, well, I think it goes back to kind of um, portraying yourself as someone who uh, just, just looking after your body in a similar manner as 
uh, kind of what I was saying before, how Christ like gave us, um, he created us in his image. And one of the things we do is just to um, honor him. And it's, it's kind of similar to how a lot of people say, oh, God gave us this great planet. Why would we go abuse it? And certainly I'm not going to go down a, a conservationist uh, a route there. But we, we were given our bodies and our world, uh, and we should, we should respect it there. There's a Daniel. Um, don't know if I can get super specific there, but I'm sure you have an idea. Yeah, um, you know, even with, you know, when when people say that sort of thing, um, you know, this is this is God created this world and and uh, we need to to maintain it and stuff. You know, I'm thinking more of the um, um, leftist type Christians who mm. buy into the whole um, climate change thing and, and you know, um, put that up on a higher pedestal than it than it really should be. Um, sure. You know, we we see those same people also promoting this idea of body positivity and now um i certainly have my grievances with the um climate change thing and and how that um comes to christianity but but since we're on this subject do you think the promotion of this these unhealthy lifestyles and this body positivity movement um do you think that's a direct um rebellious act towards christ or you know, what, what, what do you make of that? Um, well, it really is uh, primarily an attack on the family unit, right? And whether or not they are intentionally uh, attacking Christ through that, they, they are. Um, God calls us to, to have families and to be the head of our households and, you know, go forth and, and have children. And like it or not, I guess starting with the feminist movement, um, just kind of encouraging women to, to blow up these absurd rates and kind of ignore uh, traditional um, let's say attractiveness. Uh, this this causes families to just, um, I guess, not come into existence, right? Because with males, like it or not, males are uh, more attracted to physical appearance than uh, that women would be. Where, right? Like you hear about how women are uh, more into personality than men. Um, as Christians, you know, there's there's some truth to that, even though we should be uh, also focused on personality. But when it comes to um, when it comes to feminism and and what they're teaching women right now, I think it is, there's definitely some sort of, whether it be direct or indirect, uh, an attack on Christian values there. I yeah yeah um, with without a doubt. So what what's their end goal behind that that idea? Hmm. That's interesting. Um, well, I think there are definitely. Uh, there's some kind of some group that's almost behind feminism, but I don't don't want to get into it too much. I guess starting out, a lot of people will tell you, you know, there's first wave feminism. Well, that was okay. Second wave was okay, and then third and I guess fourth wave, which is a thing apparently. Is um, it? I've never Yeah, I don't know. Oh boy, uh, might have to look that up. I don't know if it's just like a, a segue off of third. Like wave four too many but, waves. I don't. Yeah, four too many waves. <laughs> that's that's kind of what I'm alluding to. But there is no. There is no good feminism. Um, and if, if we go too far down the rabbit hole, it's probably going to get uh, a lot more a lot more political than we need to. But the, the right. thing is, feminism um, is, is it's just a disaster, and there's no need for it to happen. The Bible just disputes feminism on all angles um, from the get-go. Right now, you know, my, my original intention with you was was to kind of um, focus on this, this maintaining a, a healthy um, lifestyle 
and and how that honors right. God. But I think we're we're kind of gearing towards more of um, an affront on we we touched on the um, you know leftist Christianity thing a little bit there, and um, that that's been kind of on my mind recently. Do you mind if we segue into that instead a little bit? Um, yeah, I, I do sure. want to get some of your your opinions on this. So um, let, let's you know keep with the the feminism thing, the body positivity thing. Um, when these these um, you know so-called Christians um, promote these ideas of um, celebrating the unhealthy body and celebrating the the body as of itself and instead of or even above God. Um, what kind of message does that send to people who aren't in the faith, but who, you know, might be persuaded to join the faith, but who have been dissuaded by these radical ideas um, of humanism over Christ? Oh, that's interesting. Um, well, I think there is kind of almost, uh, we've, we've lately been discussing, I guess, this, what is it, the, the gay pastor who keeps getting brought up? I don't, I don't remember what his name is. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll, we'll bring kinda, him up. Yeah, kind of getting into his rhetoric a little bit. It's almost trying to please people and bring them into this this fake Christianity that we see with a lot of uh, liberal churches and such. Um, there's definitely some sort of a an appeal that is that is trying to be made um, that does dissuade uh, you know good people that, that see Christianity. And um, I one of my fears is just uh, potentially good future Christians and they see you know rainbow flags outside of churches that um, are not affiliated with God's commitment to not flood the earth again, let's say. Um, and, and they go to these churches instead of, you know, good churches down down south or even the few good churches in Massachusetts. Um, yeah, I mean. Yeah, so you mentioned that pastor, or, you know, I'm, I'm putting his name in air quotes, but um, his name is it's Brandon Robertson. Um, I got an email from him because after I, when, when I heard about him, I saw that, you know, that clip about him, that, that one that went viral um, about him, you know, calling Jesus a, a racist. Um, yeah. And you know, so I, you know, looked him up and, and he's got a, a TikTok page. So I opened up TikTok on my browser because I'm proud to say that I don't have it downloaded. Um, True. And, and, you know, went and looked at a bunch of his videos and, some of the things that he was saying were absolutely reprehensible. You know, I tend to give people the benefit of the doubt, um, especially when it Good. comes to Christianity, because um, the Bible tells us, or, or Jesus tells us, you know, by this man, by this man, all men know you're my disciples, um, by the love you have one for another. And that's, that's the indicator that we have um, to know that people are a Christian. If they affirm the gospel, if they know that Jesus Christ died for our sins and rose again um, so that we may be saved. And if they love one another, that's those, those are the, you know, telltale signs that someone's a Christian. And so if they say those things, um, then, you know, it doesn't matter what their politics are, you know, how they act um, necessarily um, sure. so far. It, you know, salvation comes from Christ, not from us. And so it's not necessarily our works um, that save us, but it's what we are putting our faith in. And so right. if someone claims to be a Christian, then I tend to want to give them the benefit of the doubt and continue that conversation with them and, and you know, you know, make sure that what they believe is, is true or, or whatnot, or, you know, listen more to what they have to say. So I went to listen more to, to what this guy had to say, Brandon Robertson, and mm -hmm. find his page. And, you know, he it's it's TikTok, so it's a bunch of, you know, short 20-second yeah. clips. Um, grabbers, yeah. But, you know, he, he was very shock value in what he said. And, you know, half of his things were just him 
putting the camera on himself and saying, hey, by the way, Jesus was black. And, you know, the knee-jerk <laughs> like, those are okay. The, that doesn't bother me too much. Who cares what color Jesus was? He could be blue for all I care. Uh, he still died for us. Um, True. And, and so the, those ones didn't really bother me, but there were a lot of them. Let's, you know, go through them. Uh, I think one of the first ones I saw was he, um, you know, obviously there's the one where he's, he's talking about Jesus being racist and um, saying that the, the thing that really got to me in that one was when he said Jesus repented of his racism and mm. corrected himself. And so now you're claiming that Jesus Christ, um, perfect God, made man to come and die for the sins of the world, sinned. Um, because, you know, like, <laughs> racism is, is a sin. It, it's not good. Um, and, and so you're, you're claiming that, that Jesus Christ was sinful. And that's, well, mm. if you claim that, then you're putting your salvation and the salvation of the world in jeopardy. So um, that was the first thing that, that was like, whoa, you're, you're going a little far there. Um, the next one I saw, and I want to get your your take on this one, is um, because we haven't, you know, I haven't had a whole lot of, you know, one-on-one -on -one conversation with you about these things, so um, I'm, I'm interested to, to hear what you say, but he said um, in one of his things that someone had asked him, you know, how should I read and study the Bible, and, and he was very clear in what he said that, you know, the Bible isn't 100% true in what it says, and the Bible can't always be trusted. You have to read it, and then God will tell you what parts are true. Um, through divine intervention. And and so what, what what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's there's a lot of heresy, a lot of blasphemy from this guy. I'll, I'll bring up a clip I also uh, saw from him and got a little bit of commentary from a, a different video. But um, essentially what he is trying to do from what I can understand is, is set up this, this God in the Old Testament, particularly Genesis, that is... You know, you can't trust him. He lies to his people, and he's he just sets up all these, you know, the Old Testament laws, and he paints them the, the a bad, bad paintbrush, a bad as a bad picture. And he does this so that he can go into the New Testament and have this Jesus come and say, you know, you the gospel is whatever you think it is, whatever you want it to be. Um, and essentially, the example I have of this is uh, this Brendan was he was talking about just the first couple chapters of Genesis and how. Adam and Eve ate from the wrong tree, and he brought up the, the verse on how um, God said that, you know, the day you eat from this tree, you shall you shall die. And he took the term uh, the day quite literally, and he used this in order to say that God literally just lied to Adam and Eve, and that the serpent was the one who was telling the truth, since he said, no, you're not going to die today if you, if you eat this fruit. Now, um, so. I'm not... Um a satanist but isn't that idea that um in the garden of eden god was lying to adam and eve and satan was telling the truth isn't that like the foundational belief of satanism yeah um so what separates this guy <laughs> from yeah. an actual satanist i mean it's really hard to try to give him the benefit of the doubt of of you know let's of trying to say that he has good intentions and he's just trying to um, get more people to the gospel. But the thing is, he doesn't even believe in the right gospel. So I don't know. I don't know like where he's, where he's going here. And then here's the um, other thing, you know, he, he's saying um, 
you know, the Bible shouldn't always be taken literally. God will tell you what parts are true or not. Why is in Genesis the word day taken to be taken um, absolutely firm and literal? But, you know, when when he says um, man lying with man is something unseemly in, in Romans one twenty seven. why why is mm. that not? Um, you know, what's, what's the, the difference here? Now, we're going through the chapter of Genesis right now. It's been a few weeks um, since we started. We're in chapter 20 now um we'll, mm. we'll do next week um so in in our in our group um and and we when we went over this you know talking about that that idea of well that i, I don't get that idea of god was was mean and bad in, in the old testament so that he could be good and and perfect in the new testament um that that doesn't make sense to me because we we went pretty um deep into the first few chapters of genesis and I talked a little bit about, um, I don't know if you remember, but I talked a little bit about how um, I think there's some of the most beautiful chapters in the Bible because, yeah. um, especially Genesis chapter 2, where it shows us um, what God's purpose for creating us was. Um, do you remember, um, you know, how, how I, I how I addressed that and, and how that kind of dissuades the uh, idea of God in the God, Old Testament? Being lying bad? To us, yeah. uh, well, uh, one of the many answers that we got. Um, I guess there are only really two answers. And the main ones, main answer was that uh, God, oh, God created us to worship him. But that's partially true. Uh, that's also just kind of, I think, believe what the angels were, were made for. But the primary purpose of God creating us was to, to have a relationship with them in the garden there. So it kind of blows this argument out of the water of God just creating us and then lying to us and being the, you know, uh, this intentionally cruel and unforgiving God uh, from the get-go. Yeah, I, you know, I almost want to talk, I, I do want to talk with with uh, this guy and, and ask him um, that, that very same question. If God in the Old Testament was evil, what was the purpose for our creation? Um, mm. And, you know, I'm assuming I, he didn't address the creation too much in in any of the videos that I saw, any of the clips that I saw from him but um you know with with that idea of well the bible isn't you know all all true i i I, i'd be um surprised if he believed in a seven day creation um oh yeah i i i I, I, I assume he's one of those well god pulled the trigger and then the big bang happened guys um and and so um but you know either way whichever you believe and again that's that's one of those things well if you believe that you and you still believe that, that christ died for us then you're you're good um but if if you don't you know believe that that god in the old testament was good then what was the purpose for our creation right and yeah if he wasn't good and if jesus is god then you know if he created us why would he save us it's true. And I mean, so, why would why would Jesus be any different than God? Yeah, exactly. And so with this, you know, right here, um, and I didn't think we were going to get, you know, to this part um, with with this particular question about what he had said, um, you know, about Jesus being um, sinful and, and all that. You know, I we, we were eventually going to get to why I don't believe this man is saved. Um, but with that idea that that God is evil, um, 
in the Old Testament, but not in the New Testament, if that's what he said, then that you're you're absolutely putting your salvation in jeopardy there. And there's um, nothing in the Bible, period, to suggest that. And even when you read, you know, um, the Old Testament books, when you read some of the, the writings of the prophets, when you read the book of Isaiah, the book of Hosea, um, when you read the, the latter chapters of the book of Job, you, you, there's no way you can um, glean from that and believe that Jesus was evil. Um, even the book of Genesis, um, and you know, I, I, can, I can see maybe if you don't um, fully understand what's being read, you know, if you read the book of Joshua, right. some, of the, some of the law, that um, some confusion would be there if you leave everything else out. Um, but even then, if you understand what you're reading and you look through these things there's there's no way you could confuse this and, and claim that jesus is or that god is is a bad or unjust man unjust deity and you know you have to keep in mind that um throughout the old testament um and and up until jesus is coming and even several years after um his death before the the new testament was compiled and and all that um people didn't have the New Testament. How were they supposed to know who God was without reading the, the Old Testament and understanding what those scriptures said? It doesn't make sense that um, people would read a testament and, and, and read scripture that portrayed an evil and corrupt God that was waiting for a new and good God to come forward. How are they supposed to come to salvation without that knowledge of God being good and just? Um, because the gospel is absolutely in the Old Testament, it's it's all over it. The the whole, the whole of Scripture is all about um, Christ and His sacrifice for us and His salvation to us. And um, you know, it's found in Genesis as well as Revelation and everything in between. And so, um, right. claiming that that God is evil in the Old Testament is disgusting. <clears throat> so, yeah. let's move on to the next thing that I that I heard him say that I can remember. Um, and, and all of these are on his his TikTok page that, that you can go look at. Um, Great. His name is Brandon Robertson. If you want to, you know, I, I don't recommend it, but if you want to make sure that, that we're not um, pulling these things out of our hat, um, then, then you can right. certainly check up on him. Um, so we've established that he doesn't believe that scripture is, is you know, fully perfect and inerrant, um, unlike, you know, scripture says in, in 2 Timothy Three, sixteen, and 17. Um, so the, the next thing I heard him say um, is that God was not a Christian. Now, technically, yeah, he that, that that's correct. God was not a Christian because he's perfect. He doesn't need to follow religion. He's the object and, and subject of Christianity. He's who we worship. So, um, but, you know, the purpose behind that, I think you get what he was getting at. Um, that, that subject of universalism where everyone is saved despite, you know, w whatever may happen. Um, so give me your thoughts on that. Oh, uh, well, I mean, I kind of want to uh, transition into this, this idea that has been brought up, um, particularly in some of our, uh, our chats here on the server, which any of you can, can join upon. Uh, Always well, love the plug. Joining us. Yeah, I like the plugs. Um, and the the issue and discussion here is this, I guess, the independent Baptist idea of uh, is someone like Brandon, is can he be saved? Um, and this this has been something that's kind of 
come up and we've had to kind of deal with because we like to make clear that as a whole on the leadership on the surf, we believe that anyone can come to, to be saved by Christ, whether or not you're um, gay or, or straight. Um, so we kind of just want to make that clear. I don't know if you have any, uh, anything to add on there, but yeah. And, um, you know, the, the gospel is for everyone. Um, and, and everyone can come to salvation. Um, and, and that's certainly something that, that, that we believe, you know, and, and we'll get into, to that subject in a little bit. Um, but you know, what he's saying here is, um, saying that God isn't a Christian. He's saying, um, that you don't have to be a Christian. You can be a Muslim and, and, and you're still saved. Um, you know, it's, it's a very Calvinist idea. But instead of, you know, some people are, are destined for heaven, some people are destined for hell, it's all people are destined for heaven. And, um, you know, despite what you believe or who you believe in. And, and so that's what um, I, I was asking. What do you think about that idea? Universalism is, is what it's called. Everyone is saved despite what they believe or despite what they, they do and, and say. Um, yeah, no, I would I would have to disagree with that idea particularly. Um, I don't, it doesn't really make sense to me. What's what's the point of like, just the Bible and uh, kind of following God if, if this is true, right? Like, why do we need Christ if everyone is just bound to be saved? Uh, there, there would have been no reason for Christ to come to earth and uh, at all. Certainly agree. Um, if we're all already redeemed without Christ Jesus, without the need for um, faith in him, then yeah, what was the purpose for Christ coming? Um, how are are we supposed to um, believe that, that we need to be saved if none of us are in danger? And so, you know, <laughs> we're, we're dealing with a, a leftist preacher here who, number one, doesn't believe that scripture is inerrant. Um, number two, believes that Old Testament God was evil. And number three believes that Adolf Hitler is in heaven. Um, <laughs> so, very interesting fellow we have here. Um, the next thing I heard him say, that, and I think you'll have fun with this one, um, he's, he's gay, and being gay is his, and I quote, God-given sexuality. Um, mm, that's great. Tell me about that. <laughs> that's something. Uh, I don't. I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> um, even if we just kind of pretend that Christianity doesn't, you know, is, uh, let's, let's say it doesn't exist for a second. Science has found no zero uh, DNA or any genetic evidence for the fact that you can be, uh, let's let's say, born gay. Um, and then when we look back, it is clear that God has not made him gay. Um, even just based on gauging. the science here, and it's you know all we hear about nowadays is trust the science. I'm like, okay, you know, right here, I think I'm gonna trust the science uh, that, that God has um, clearly intentionally put in place to mess with these people. That there's no, it's it, this is not something that you can be bored with. So wait, let me just reaffirm this. You're telling me that there is no gay gene. That's correct. Because you know where I work, there's a lot of um, gay people mm -hmm. there. And I've seen lots of gay genes. I, you know, so I'm gonna have to disagree with you there on the the gay gene thing. I did several gay genes where I'm running around. So quite possibly the dumbest joke I've ever said. 
Um, that was great. Are you talking about the, the pants? <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about the pants. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you caught on there. And we, we went over Romans chapter one last night. And um, I, you know, purposefully kind of strayed away from the the whole subject matter that it touches on about how, you know, kind of confirming that that homosexuality is absolutely a sin where you can get it in the Old Testament, you can get it in the New Testament. Um, there, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that if you believe in scripture, right. which you should. And, you know, I, I kind of avoided talking about that last night um, in our devotionals because um, that that's something that a lot of the people on our server are very aware of. And, and um, it, it's not something that's a point of contention. I thought there was more, um, that there were better things to talk about that with that chapter. But, you know, since mm -hmm. we're here and it's, and it's fresh in our minds, the Bible is very clear about what, um, you know, how human relationships should be and homosexuality isn't it so you know the it's dangerous to to claim that this is a god-given thing because again you are attributing what god calls sin in his bible to christ and saying he gave right. you this so um not only are you saying that god's scripture is is not infallible not only are you saying that the god of the old testament is evil not only are you saying that we don't need to have faith in christ to be saved but you're also saying that god is the author of our sin and um how can a perfect god create sin um you know i i don't this is another thing i don't understand and I, again I, i'd really like to to talk to this guy brandon and, and kind of get an idea on um where he he draws these ideas um because i i have a hard time understanding it um where where these ideas stem from if they're they're so polarizing to what the bible actually says if you know the scripture that you're reading is so opposite of um what you believe then where are you basing your beliefs yeah i mean it's definitely something something worth talking about i don't understand uh I, maybe he's just choosing to to make the Bible whatever whatever he needs it to be, and it kind of goes into this issue that I'm seeing, uh, particularly up here, or to say northeastern area. Kind of already mentioned it, but there's this uh, just a problem in, in some of the churches up here where uh, leaders don't know how to bring the, this issue up with with youth. Um, one one example is this girl I was uh, talking to in the youth group I used to go to in. She uh, doesn't really identify as straight anymore. It's some kind of binary thing. I don't know. And essentially what she told me um, in a message was that when she went to the youth group leadership, she just couldn't find any reason why what she doing, why why what she was doing wasn't, um, wouldn't be okay. And I had trouble understanding, like, how can you be in a position of to, to lead our the next generation if if you can't just you can't defend the family structure at the very minimum if you can't uh, explain to a kid why having even just having these thoughts is probably something that's not not okay especially if it's something that they bring up and ask you that's right dangerous yeah. um i mean there's old there's old testament there's what you're just talking about new testament there's as in you know romans and many other sections so i was just kind of sitting there disbelief like this is what a lot of churches have come to just kind of giving this uh mod these modern ideas uh and it's what you see on social media with some, uh, particularly some white women, where they say, oh, you know, 
um, my politics has changed my religion. It's like, you know, that's it's actually supposed to go the other way around. Right. Um, one thing that, that I very, um, very much believe is, you know, I am a staunch conservative. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so are you. We've, we've, we're definitely very aware of each other's politics. But sure. I believe um, that what I believe as far as what the Bible says, um, that's what I base my um, political ideals on. And if, you know, yeah. I have an ideal that does not match up with scripture, then my ideal needs to change. Because, you know, mm-hmm. who better to decide how to run a country or a group of people than the one who created all the people? And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, my loyalty isn't isn't to the, the country. Um, my loyalty is to scripture. And I want to, you know, see how scripture tells us to live and how to, to, to define things in order to base my ideals about um, how to do those things. Now, the Bible doesn't necessarily endorse any particular political um, platform or, or strategy, anything. Sure. The Bible doesn't say right. we should all be capitalists or we should all be communists. But <laughs> it, it is pretty clear that we shouldn't, you know, murder children. Um, mm, true. So, you know, based on that, pick your side. <laughs> yeah. So the next thing, and this, this, um, this last one that I can remember that I think, you know, I'm, I'm going off of memory here. I don't have them all pulled up. But the last one that, that he said that um, he went on, and this was the one that, like, right there at face value, this one is a, a big tell that this man is not um, saved. He doesn't believe what the Bible says. He doesn't know Scripture well enough, and he doesn't know God well enough to have faith in him. He, he doesn't have faith in Jesus Christ. Um, and, and what he said, and it's absolutely dangerous and atrocious. Um, he said that Jesus Christ did not come to earth to die for us, but um, to, to set an example of love. And the only reason he died was because he was in opposition to the Roman Empire. And <laughs> his death had nothing to do with our salvation. Oh, okay. I mean, so what do you think about that one? <laughs> it sounds like he's saying that Christ didn't have a choice but to die, which is interesting given that he, he uh, I don't, I don't know what to, even going back a step further, is he, is he claiming that Christ was just a mere, um, just couldn't have pulled down, uh, leagues, leagues of angels, plural, uh, to pull him off that cross? I, I guess he's claiming he just didn't have any power at all. I don't, I don't know what's going on yeah. there. What, what separates him goes. from the Pharisee sitting at the foot of the cross saying, oh, you said you would, you know, are, are, are you the Messiah? If so, then, then call down the angels and, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a good point. I didn't, I didn't, you know, think of that when, um, when we were going over this, but it is, it, it's very true. You know, if he, um, if that's the truth, if if he only was put to death because of his opposition to the Roman Empire, then he was not God. Um, right. What the man believes is that Jesus Christ was not God. And mm-hmm. you cannot believe that Jesus Christ wasn't God and also have salvation. That's not what the Bible teaches. Paul is um, very clear, and Jesus is very clear, that 
the the way to salvation is to believe in in Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for us. Um, have faith in God, in that God will save you from your sins and cleanse you from your sins, and that is how you obtain salvation. And the manner that God paid for our sins is was was to be crucified, which He said over and over again um, in in the Gospels and. Um, was repeated over and over and over again in, in the rest of the New Testament, in Acts, in the epistles of Paul, and the um, non-Pauline epistles. Um, we, we've seen it, you know, the, the Bible, if there's one thing the Bible is clear on, it's that Christ died for our sins that we may be saved. And if you right. don't believe that, that very basic truth, then how are you supposed to, to have salvation? So we've gone through yeah. all these things that, that this guy said, um, and, and now, especially now, after he's gained all this notoriety from that, you know, Jesus is racist clip, um, this is the guy who is drawing um, young people and, and, and people in our age group, you know, the, our demographic that, that we're trying to reach out to with Monarch Ministries. These are the people who are cleaving to these ideals, and, and these are the people that this man is um, trying to teach. So what kind of reper repercussions does that have? on our culture and on our um image as christians yeah i mean it definitely kind of gets into this idea of cherry picking your your beliefs as a christian um that that seems to be predominantly in, in liberal churches like the one this guy seemingly runs um which it's not accurate you can't pick and choose how you want to follow christ you can't choose what who christ is or what he stands for um and just saying that, you know, I'm saved is, is a bad idea to be spreading into the minds of um, people that just want to come to come to Christ. Um, and essentially what I've seen a lot of is people who complain, oh, well, I can't be Christian, like I'm gay, like I'm going to hell, which is probably more of a, a Catholic idea, but we're not going to get into that too much. And the the opposite of that is what this guy, Brandon, is, is preaching that, you know, you don't have to change at all. Um, just you're everyone's welcome and it's true everyone is welcome um under you know into heaven and if you just believe in christ and then he died for us um but you but cannot take away that, that qualifier there you have to trust in jesus for your salvation and right. to, to teach anything else is is dangerous um mm -hmm. and it you know you, you mentioned the the catholics there and um <laughs> we certainly have our issues with them um you know, when, when we play Jeopardy tomorrow, um, you know, this, this will release after we've recorded it or after we, we've done our Jeopardy game. But yeah. um, for those of you who don't know, a little bit of a plug again, on, on Thursdays in Monarch Good. Ministries, we have game night. And, and one of our favorites is we'll have one of the choir members make a Jeopardy board. And that's always a ton of fun. And this week we have consequences. Whichever team wins gets to pick my nickname for the week. And I am not looking forward to that, but... Um, Got to boost attendance. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I am making the board hard. Um, oh, boy. Not quite as hard as last time, I don't think, but okay. there's no VeggieTales category. Bummer. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, um, so, you know, when, when you preach this, I, the, the Catholics, thank you, um, we're, we're not Catholic. Um, and 
you know, we look at this this first extreme where we're talking about the, this guy Brandon, who believes in universalism and and doesn't believe that scripture is true and and, and all these things. Is there any actionable difference between him and and the Catholics claiming that um, you have to follow every rule and regulation, you have to keep every every one of the sacraments in order to be saved, you have to be baptized, you have to take the Eucharist, you have to um, do this, this, and that um, to, in order to be saved, you have to to pay the church, um, and you have to follow every tradition that the Pope has ever written down, and you have to pray to this um, saint and that mm -hmm. saint and Mary. And if you don't do these things, then you're going to hell. And if you do do these things, you might get into purgatory. Um, you know, yeah. is there any actionable difference in in what the Catholics believe and what this guy believes, um, as far as, um, you know, how how far are they from from heaven and 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 what they believe? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's it's similar in the fact that it's it's both these extremes, right? You got universalism, this idea that you know you're just you're going to go to heaven. And then the Catholic idea of you have to go through these um, rituals, which is not what Christianity is supposed to be, which is why they're not Christians, these rituals in order to get into heaven. Um, and even then, you you know, you're going to be judged before heaven. You might chance you won't get in. Um, in that sense, I think there is some similarity there where there is this lack of faith in Christ, um, true faith, even when it comes to universalism, um, which is the one thing that the Bible says uh, is needed to to get into heaven. And I hate to say that and kind of simplify it down to, oh, it's just about heaven, which it isn't. But that's essentially what a lot of these people believe uh, when it comes to uh, the liberals and especially Brandon's followers and all of them, where it's just, oh, you know, I can do what I want now. I kind of, I went to church, which almost sounds like, you know, what you were just bringing up, you know, I went to church for this week. I'm good. Um, I've seen a lot of Catholics, which have something eerily similar um, so what we're talking about here, where it's it's like, oh, you know, I'm, I go to confession on on Sunday morning mass, and and then I'm good for the week, and I'll, I can just do it again next week. I'll be forgiven. Um, no need to kind of address my sin, uh, which definitely problematic and definitely connects to this idea of universalism. Here. Yeah, you know, it's really similar um, between Catholicism and um, the leftists fake Christianity that we've been talking about all night. Um, what, what, what do the Catholics believe about scripture? When, when you bring up scripture with them that says, you know, um, not by works less any man should boast, you know, they say, well, my tradition, right? They don't respect scripture. Um, you look at Brandon's ideals here. He does not respect scripture. Um, and, and so when, when you have both of these groups who take out the foundational documents and, and the foundational writings of our belief and refuse to follow what the Bible says um, in favor of what they've concocted in their own minds, in favor of um, tradition passed down from, from flawed human to flawed human, um, rather from mm -hmm. than from perfect God as the scripture has been given to us. Um, it, it's not different than someone who says, well, I believe that, you know, in the Old Testament, God said day, um, but I don't believe what he said in the New Testament when he said that um, um, if, if you hate your brother, you'll be in danger of hellfire. And, and you know, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll pick and choose whatever I believe. And so, yeah. you know, you can't, believe some scripture and not believe the rest of it. Um, one of my uh, 
go-to verses um, that, that I bring up when, when talking about these subjects and, and when um, disgusting, uh, not disgusting, discussing, disgusting. thank you, um, Christianity and, and what I believe and why I believe it is, is 2 Timothy 3. And I mentioned it earlier, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And here's the kicker, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And so when we see, you know, talking about scripture, um, obviously it's it's infallible. So when it's talking about scripture, it's talking about the the sixty six books um, that we that we have, um, and that phrase thoroughly furnished unto all good works is is very important. Um, if if we look at that, and and you know we understand the English language and know what the word all means, we know that scripture is fully sufficient to um, all good works and and what we ought to do and what we ought to believe. And so if we're relying on the traditions passed down by the Pope, um, then is scripture insufficient for all good works? And is the Bible wrong? Or should we re-examine right. what we believe and fall back on scripture um, and, and believe what scripture says? And you also mentioned it earlier um, with those, those guys that we had in our server, um, those, those Steve Anderson guys. Um, who, you know, we're, we're saying, um, you know, what we're, what we were talking about, about the, the reprobate doctrine that those people are, are beyond redemption. Um, well, the Bible says God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Bible tells us that the only, um, requirement for our salvation is that, um, you know, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so, um, no matter what your life looks like now, there's no point you can get to um, other than death where you've done so much sin that you can't come into fellowship with God. Now, yeah. that's not to say there aren't people, you know, everyone um, has the choice to make. It's right. not something that happens automatically. It, it's you have to have faith in God. You have to choose to accept the gift that he's given to you, you can't, um, you can't just, you know, be and, and expect him to, to take you to heaven like the, the universalists believe. You, you have to make the choice to accept the gift that he's given to you. Um, but once you've accepted that choice, then nothing can, can pluck you out of the hand of God and he, he will begin that good work in you and you will have that spirit of, that, that Holy Spirit dwelling in you and and you will be saved but there are plenty of people who who won't choose that um and you know I, i'd say that that's probably the majority of homosexual people but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't share the gospel with them um and you know if if even one comes to salvation then it then it was worth it and so um i think the the big um takeaway of this conversation that we've had right now is either extreme um, whether it be, you know, you have to be perfect to get into heaven or you don't have to do anything to get into heaven is is absolutely wrong. And, you know, the only truth about our salvation is that, um, you know, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so um, both of those things are, are very 
relevant in in our culture today. You know, we we have um, on on the and and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up the the political thing again, but you know, on the the liberal side um, of, of Christianity, people are are flocking in droves to to this Brandon guy and and people like him who who preach um, this this universalism and and these ideas that that Jesus was racist or um, that Jesus wasn't perfect and that the scripture isn't perfect and and the things that you know we don't agree with politically aren't actually what the Bible says and then on the more conservative side um, a lot of um, our peers and the people that we've talked to um, and the people that we know are um, you know more drawn to Catholicism we've even seen some um, people who well I, I think you know the, the salvation by grace idea is is a little bit too lenient for me, so I think I'll be Catholic now. And so yeah. the the purpose of what we're doing here in, in, in Monarch Ministries is to reach out with the gospel to um, our peers and, and people our age and and show them, you know, based on, on what the Bible says, um, what what God has has said for us and what God has us um, and, and wants us to do. And so um, I would say our, my question to you would be, um, based on that, you know, having these these influences and and you know both of these people, you know, where you live, there's a lot of liberal influence, and then the the people you, you spend time talking to with um, on the the HOC server and all the remnants from that and things like that. Um, with Monarch Ministries, how is that? How is this ministry important to you? Oh, that's a kind of a good good question, definitely getting into some stuff here um while well, starting out um you know the server did start on hoc even though we're no longer uh, affiliated although we do get some uh a decent influx of others from there um even just starting off on that server and i was learning more about what catholics actually believe uh even getting my beliefs more solid and then the devotional popped up which is what we called it now it's monarch ministries for, for those listening um i, I definitely became more solid in, in my beliefs and if we hadn't started meeting, I, I don't know what I would have done during the whole, um, I guess, church shutdown, which was a, a big deal up, up here in the Northeast, and it kind of still affects us now. But getting back on topic, um, it was definitely a, a positive influence to be able to, to have somewhere to go every every night, actually. Um, which, you know, some people are like, oh, that's too frequent, but no one, no one says that. If anything, it's it's a good idea to to be constantly thinking about. Oh, I have devotionals tonight. I should I should think about what we're going to read. Open the Bible more, and that definitely has been an effect for me. Um, and even though it might sound kind of selfish, just learning more about why Catholicism is wrong and why uh, universalism universalism is wrong, these ideas are incorrect. Uh, that was kind of a big factor for me. Just opening my Bible more and trying to, um, you know become better at arguing, arguing those ideas good um and you know that that leads into the to the next question a lot too um and, and you touched on it a little bit about how um you know you're, you're in your bible more and i think a lot of people are like that and the other thing is you know we do meet every night whether it be with small groups or um with our more formal demo devotionals but um you know we're never going to necessarily pressure you to to be there every night it's you know it, it is right. an often thing that that we do um, and we we would like for you to be there every night, but it's not necessarily you know we're not gonna give you demerits for not being there every oh, night. Sure. Oh. Um, but um, it it is you know it, it's certainly been a blessing to me as well. 
um, to be able to learn from from some of the the teaching that that y'all have done, and then to to even myself, um, you know, studying out these things to to teach with y'all is has you know been a great blessing. So, how is being in Mar Monarch and and meeting these people and um, getting to know them a little bit more and, and all that? How has that affected your walk with with Jesus Christ? Hmm. Um. Well, sometimes it's it's hard to put together kind of the the online friendships and getting it into real life and seeing how that affects it. But um, kind of like I was mentioning before, there is, uh, especially with, with our, our, I guess, smaller staff group and the, let's say, 20 or so active members on the server. Uh, there are, you know, good friendships that form there and just staying up to date with people, um, even if it's just an online basis uh, and seeing, you know, what's going on every night, whether it be before or after devotionals and sometimes during getting a little off topic. Um, that definitely has affected my my faith and, and boosted it up more, um, especially when church attendance was was so low um, due to what was going on and stuff. Um, and it really helped to. It's it, it might sound silly to some people, but just knowing that you have a a group of people that you agree with politically can also share the same faith with gives you multiple um, I guess avenues of discussion to have with those people. Um, so that was good. I certainly agree, and um, you know, definitely, um, with with that idea, you know, the the online friendship thing that that wasn't something that I ever, you know, thought could ever, you know, actually happen. I didn't I didn't think that people could meet online and and you know actually get to know each other, um, but I've been proven wrong, and so with that um, idea and and being able to meet every night and and know these people and and kind of discuss with them. Um, the scripture and then how their, their lives are going and, and help them with, with some of the, the things that they're dealing with and, you know, laugh with each other and, um, you know, play a game of Halo every once in a while, which is, is probably another one of the, the, the incredibly positive influences our group has had on you is that you started playing Halo with us. Um, <laughs> you're horrible at it, but you do play with us. <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm but, at the um, bottom too. <laughs> you usually beat Michael. Yes, that's true. <laughs> You know, the two times you played with it. Anyway, but one of the, one of the verses Rare I keep more. going back to, um, and I think it's an incredibly important, and um, I think it, it, it's really one of the, the greatest ways to grow in your relationship with Christ. First um, Peter 4, 8, And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as the ability which God giveth, that God in all ways may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And that's really the, the mission statement of Monarch Ministries, is to have fervent charity one with another, um, talk as the oracles of God for the glory of Jesus Christ, so that we may grow closer to Christ ourselves, and so that through our testimony, more people will come to Christ. And I think, you know, in, in this world where, where more and more people are leaving the church and where there's been um, very apparent and obvious attacks on Christianity, like you said, um, with, with your church being shut down and, and, you know, it happening all over the country, um, how egregious these people are fighting against what we believe. It's, it's more important than ever to um, focus on our age group, um, college-age kids, uh, teenagers, and yeah. get them invested and involved in, in what the Bible says. And um, 
I, I really appreciate your help and, and all you've done to um, help me grow this thing. My you know, really, there there would be no. Oh, did you work at Chick Fil A at any point? <laughs> no, I don't. I see why you might think that, but uh, I know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> oh boy, you know, it, what what we believe is is that we're we're at a, a crossroads in our country and in our culture, and and if. Christ is not glorified. The repercussions in the, the coming years are going to be drastic for Christians. And so while we have the time, I, I want people to um, follow Christ. And, and I want to be a place where we can um, foster that, that idea and um, where we can build that relationship with Christ um, with one another, having fervent charity one with another. And so, um, as always at the end of our episode, um, I'd like to tell you that the invitation to join our Discord server to have nightly devotionals with us and be part of this community where um, all of us are, are very involved in Christ and all of us are very invested in what Christ has to say, but also um, we, we form good friendships one with another and we, we care and, and, and love one another um, as, as Christ commands us to do. We, we'd love for you to join us and be a part of our nightly devotionals and be a part of our small groups. Um, and so... Um, that link will be in the description. And again, thank you, Ben, for um, coming in here and, and talking with me about these things. And uh, we will see you next week on the podcast.